It's time to get running. Amen. That's what we're talking about today is it's time to get running. Turn your Bibles, Psalms chapter 31 and uh, verse number 19. And um, I told you in the offering, this is my verse and I just want to read to you again. It's my declaration for this year. And um, this message was birthed out of this scripture. And um, I hope that it will speak to your heart this morning. I don't have an outline. If you need a piece of paper, um, your neighbor probably has one you can take from them and just tell them to be a blessing. Amen. You'll get that in a minute. Amen. Amen. If you need a pen, we'll bless you with one. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 31 and verse number 19, it says, what a stack of blessing you have piled up. That sounds real good, right? We can stop right there and just call it church. Amen. What a stack and piled up for those who what? Worship you, ready and waiting for all who run to you to escape an unkind world. Amen. It's time to lace up. Brenna's already ordering some new shoes right there. I gave her permission. Look at her. She's even smiling. I got her. Amen. This is my verse this year. This is what I'm believing God for, that, um, that I'm going to run to him like I've never run before. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do some things that I've never done before. I'm going to try uh, to, to win this prize that God has for our life. How many friends do I have in church this morning? You don't even know why I'm asking if you're my friend. You're just ready. She's like, I'm your friend. Amen. I got you, Robin. Amen. Lacey's like, I'm your friend. I, you guys don't even know what that entails yet. Amen. How many friends do I have that enjoy running? Cole, you yeah. Wow. This is pretty good. Can you guys stand to your feet real quick? If you actually enjoy running real quick, stand up. Can you give these people an incredible applause this morning? <laughs> wow. I just want you to know that nobody stood in first service, okay? There wasn't a single person that loved running in first service, so you guys are a special breed. Um, I absolutely hate running. Just going to be honest with you. I have a vehicle that I pay a lot of money for. I, I put gas in that sucker, and I pay for insurance to drive it. Amen? So if it's farther than I can walk, I'm driving. Amen? Running to me is... is I, anyways... You can find many stories throughout the Word of God of individuals that were instructed to run or move forward. I feel this is one of the greatest struggles in our life is learning to not allow good or bad to shape our tomorrow. How many of you would agree with me this morning, amen, is uh, learning not to allow good and bad to shape what we believe for tomorrow. And so this morning you can turn to Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12. If you didn't bring a Bible, um, that's okay. I will help you. I put them all up on the wall today. And um, Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12 says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Now, I'm not a scholar by any means. So if I say something today that, that um, doesn't sound right, please forgive me. Um, I do my best to study the word of God. And uh, I looked up this, this scripture and I said that for a reason, because I'm trying to be better about that. And I, I was curious when Paul wrote this book. And um, some of you that are a little wiser than me may be able to correct me, or you can applaud me if I say this correctly. But I believe Philippians was written towards the end of Paul's ministry career. Am I correct? I got, I got a one. I got one. Anybody else going to agree with me this morning? Am, am I getting an agreement? I got another one right here? Good. All right. So I'm, I'm doing all right. So here's Paul. The guy that they say writes two-thirds of the New Testament, and um, here he is towards the end of his ministry career, and he's speaking to the church, writing this letter, and he says, not that I have already attained it. 
I don't know what motivates you every day. I don't know what drives you. I don't know what you're believing God for, what you want to see God do through you. But as I began to think about Paul in this moment and why he is saying this, I began to think about what Paul had already seen God do through him. Like, I mean, pastor said it in the, in the promo video for prayer. I mean, this is the guy that got locked up, thrown in jail, and worshiped, worshiped his way out, and God literally shook the earth, and physical walls fell down, and they were freed from a prison cell. Now, I don't know what you want to see God do in your life, but hands down, that experience alone seals the deal for me for the rest of my Christian life. Like, God, you are who you say you are, and I am, I am not moving away from who you are. Amen? Like, that would be enough. Amen? And, but that wasn't the only thing he'd seen. God, like, God had performed miracles and signs and wonders and amazing things through Paul. And, and yet, and here he is, the, the Christian church is spreading throughout the area and, and through cities and into nations and eventually throughout the world. And so Paul stands up and goes, not that I have already attained. I'm like, mercy, what else is there? Amen? But I love this because then as you begin to read in verse number 13, he says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet. Now, there's not a lot of times in Scripture where things are repeated. But clearly, Paul is speaking to a dense group of people. Amen? He says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet. He just already said that. But one thing I do forgetting what what lies behind and reaching what forward to what lies ahead i press on toward the goal for the what prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus this is probably one of the most foundational life-changing passages of scripture i've ever read in my life okay and um and with this at this moment so he says, I have not attained it, and I have not laid hold of it. Amen. And you look at Paul and all of the amazing things that God had done through him. But then there's also the bad stuff that had happened in Paul's life also. Amen. The things that he had done wrong. And, and I know nobody else in here has done any wrong except for me. Um, I know you guys came to church because you're perfect people trying to find other perfect people so you can all be perfect people together. Amen, right? And, and so you came in here because you were without spot or wrinkle, and you said, finally, a group of people that are like me. Amen? And, well, you guys laugh, and that's not you guys, then I've got to go find a different crowd. Amen. But that's not the case. Paul was like, not only do I have to forget the things that are behind in the bad, i got to forget the things that are good. Amen? Because there's things that I am pressing on towards. There's things that I want to receive, the upward call of God, in Christ Jesus. Amen? And I believe this passage of Scripture gives us some incredible insight into our ability, like pastor's been talking about, to walk into the promised land that God has for our life. How many of you guys are ready for God to bring something greater in your life? Amen? You say, well, I don't know why I need to reach for anything more. Paul just said it. He's seen God do great things. Why do we need an exodus if God's already done something good in our life? Amen? Why stop now? I'm not stopping. Amen. I'm believing. I've seen God do incredible things for my life. Like I stand and go, God, you picked this? Like, who do you like? Are you like dazed and confused? Like, but yet God has picked each one of us and He's allowed me to do things that I've dreamed of 
that I've hoped for, that I've imagined, and yet there's been times where I'm standing in the middle of these moments, and I'm like going, I'm standing in the middle of what I never thought possible. Amen? I, I'm seeing God do things that I, I hoped he would do, I dreamed he would do, and now here I am standing in the middle of it like, God, you are amazing. Amen? And, and so this morning, I want to give you four keys to, uh, to reaching your promised land, to leaving Exodus, amen, and, and, and leaving that, that thing behind, and let's reach for what God has in store. So number one, in order to do this, if you're taking notes, you got to forget. Paul says this one thing, the most important thing you'll ever do as a believer, I think, is forget. I don't know where you guys have come from. I don't know what you've done wrong, but I can tell you that there are so many things in my past that I hope nobody ever hears about. Amen. I, I, I tell the teenagers all the time. I'm like, I am so glad that social media did not exist when I was your age. Do I have any friends? Amen. Like, whoo, everybody's hand goes up. Amen. I had a, a, a guy from school. Hope, I don't know. He might be watching online. And um, he tried to post some pictures of a party one time. And I'm, I sent him a message. I'm like, bro, there's a reason why these are on like paper and not digital format. Okay. They're not to be put out there, like get rid of it. Amen. I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't want, want to be reminded of those things that I've done wrong. Amen. I have some things that I would just rather forget about. Amen. Because, and, and but then at the same time, like there's some amazing things that God has done in me and through me that I have to be careful that I'm not trying to recreate today. Amen. And I, and I want to talk about that today. See in church and as a pastor and, and when you begin to preach, so many times it's so easy to focus on the negative side or, or the things that we've done wrong and, and speak hope to that. But today, can I give you a different take for a moment? That maybe Paul wasn't so much talking about all the negative in his life he had to forget. Maybe it was the positives that God had done. Because yet he goes, Brethren, this one thing I do, I forget because I've not laid hold of it yet. What is he trying to lay hold of? God using him in one moment or God using him for the rest of his life? Amen. See, we live for God to use us today and we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Amen. Or how many of you guys have ever been in one of those moments where God shows up and shows off in your life and you're just like, wow, God, you are amazing. And so then you wake up tomorrow and you try to recreate that again. Amen. I know we tease the teenagers about going to camp, right? So they have these amazing God moments, okay, where God just like shows up, shows off, just wrecks them, right? But then they get stuck sometimes and go, I just can't wait for camp next year. Like, why are you waiting for camp next year when you could live like this today? Amen. And, but what they're doing is they're, they're, they're trying to recreate something good that happened in their past. Amen. And if we're not careful, we miss out on the new thing that God wants to do through our life because we're trying to recreate something that's happened in the past. Amen. I don't know, maybe some of you that are married or been married or hope to be married one day. Um, you, I, I like to use marriage for an example, but my wife, she's hot. I'm, I'm in love with her. She's beautiful. She's mine. Don't look at her. Okay. <laughs> but every time I kiss her, I want it to feel like the first time I kissed her. Why is that a bad thing? That was an amazing moment I had. Like when we first kissed, it was like, she hates it when I talk about this stuff. It was like, oh, right? Like 
Do you guys know what I'm talking? I mean, Colin Brennan never kissed until the day they said I do, and and I guarantee that was an amazing moment, wasn't it, Cole? It was like, right? Like, so for me, like that's such a great illustration, right? Like some of you know what I'm talking about, and if you don't, you need to ask God to rekindle that passion for kissing each other, okay? And it's like you you meet and you lock lips. This is gonna get graphic for a minute, and you just feel like I always tell him, like I feel like this energy going through my body when I kiss you like it's just amazing thank you getting some friends finally the crowd's getting louder amen but I I can't live my life trying to recreate our wedding day like hey let's get married tomorrow like we joke about it like hey will you marry me because there's something down in us that wants to recreate those amazing moments in our life isn't there there's something, that, there's something in us that wants to re-experience the ooey-gooey good stuff. Amen? Because there's enough negative in our life that, that we're constantly trying to recreate moments that, that we feel are you know, celebrated or successful or, or good in our life, right? So what I believe Paul is saying is like, look, God has done some great things through me. Amen? And he's delivered me from some horrible things. He goes, but in order for me to reach the finish... The number one thing I got to do is I got to forget. Now, we're not told to do that today, and I know this is, this is you know, thin ice to walk on, okay? So hear my heart this morning is, you know, I have to be careful that, that my motivation today is not to recreate something that I've experienced in the past, okay? That, that what God wants to do through me today and tomorrow is completely different than what he's done with me in the past, do you hear my heart this morning? And I believe that's the secret that Paul's trying to get. Is he says, number one, I have to forget the past. Because, you know, Titus says in chapter 3 and verse number 4, he says, God our Savior showed us how good and kind he is. Say, God is good this morning. He saved us because of his mercy. Not because of any good things that we have done. God washed us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave us new birth and a fresh beginning. How many of you have received that in your life? Amen. But I don't believe it starts with just one moment. I'm going to show you at the end that that God has something fresh and new. He wants to do through us every day. Amen. It's not a celebrated moment. I mean, you know, in the old Testament, you'd see they would, they would build, um, altars of remembrance where God showed up and did amazing things. and, And so they would remember Amen. But that's, you can't allow that to be the thing that you try to recreate into your future. God always took them. This is the whole, I didn't even say this in the first, this is the Holy Spirit. Yes, God did this, gave them the victory. They built an altar, but they moved on to the next territory, to the next place. God was always taking them from here to here to here. And it was always a different battle. It was a different victory. It was a different land. It was a different thing that God had to do through their life. Am I right, Adrian? Bible scholar. Thank you, sir. Amen. Number two, how do we reach this promised land? We forget. And number two, we got to reach. Now, where's my runners at? Cole, you got laced up today? Who, uh, who else is a runner in the house this morning? Oh, Jeff, come on. You jump right up. Come here, Jeff. You're a runner? You said you're a runner. Come on. Will you guys just line up right over here real quick? Now, there's something you guys don't know about Pastor Cole. Is um, Pastor Cole, when we first got saved... Um, and I started coming to the church. He was here a little bit before me. And um, when, worship, when worship would get 
like that mo- how many of you guys felt that moment today in worship where you just like I can't contain it I was like jumping out of my skin and I, I I don't I can't dance I can't sing I'm screaming my lungs out up here my poor kids plugging his ears and I'm like Phew. I was thank you Bill I was worshiping but I remember Pastor Cole when that moment would hit Brenna remember he would take off just like running laps in the same, right? Am I correct? He would just like start running, right? You still got, you got it? I don't think I've seen you do it for, oh, okay, perfect. So can you guys like line up like you're racing real quick here? Like just across the front here, just across the front. Yeah, so did you guys stretch, touch your toes, jumping jacks? So I don't know if you guys, um, like I said, I'm not a runner. Okay. The other night I was coaching my, my little guy, Ben, he's second grader. So I'm coaching their basketball team. Pray for me. Okay. Holy moly. That is an incredible journey. Okay. And so I'd run them because they're being, I'm like, if you're going to goof off, you're running. Right. I had to be the strong coach. And, um, but then the last one, I'm like, all right, you got to beat coach. Right. So I get down there and I'm like, oh boy, I got to beat all of these second graders. Right. And so we're running and, um, and it's something that we all naturally do and we don't even realize it. So if you two were to race, um, Jake, why don't you stand right here? Let's see here. So there's something that, you know, we naturally do. And I'm, I'm going to give these guys a little secret real quick. Okay. All right, here we go. They're going to line up. Now, I want you to notice something that happens in every race, no matter what. It even happened with the second graders when I was racing them the other night. On your mark, get set, go. (laughs) And what did he do? Boom. What did he just do? He crossed, absolutely. But there was something more significant that Pastor Cole just did at the end. What did he do? He reached. Now, isn't it funny? You can sit down. Thanks for, you did a great job pulling the hamstring. Well, 911's on the way. We got the ambulance coming, Jeff. There was something significant that took place right there. And it happened the other night, even when I was racing the little kids. Is at the end, there was this kid. He almost beat me. And I'm like, I had to like turn on the turbo. And uh, we got right to, <laughs> you didn't know I had one of those. I got right to the end. And this little kid, I didn't even know I had it. He like, wanted to beat coach so bad, he leaned forward and almost ate it right on his nose. But he was determined to cross the finish line first. Now, I want you to understand something. Paul said, number one we do is we forget. And then he gives us four instructions in this short passage. He says, the second thing we do is we have to reach. Every runner in the Olympics, I don't care if it's Usain Bolt, the guy runs, like, have you guys watched him? Like, he just, like, trots like a, like a little deer going down in the field, right? Like, just da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? But right at the end, no matter what, he always, he's upright. Like, he's got the most amazing stride I've ever seen. But no matter what, he always leans at the last second to shave maybe a thousandth of a second off of his time. And he's doing it because he is determined to be the fastest man on the planet ever, forever, period.
period. Amen? And, and I believe that Paul, isn't it funny, like you didn't think there was runners all the way back then, but Paul's using runners for an example for a reason. He says, in a race, a runner does what is called a reach for the finish line, or he reaches forward. This morning, what are you reaching for? What's your finish line? Is it that God will use you today? Is it that God used you 20 years ago? Is it that maybe, maybe, maybe in 2017, maybe I might be used by God? Or maybe like in five years when I know the Bible better, maybe. Like what's the goal? What's the finish line for your life? And, and, and I know that this is hard because it's, we don't know sometimes what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis. But the finish line for Paul was not anything here on earth. Amen. The finish line that we're reaching for is spending eternity with God. Okay. And anytime I get my eyes off of what the finish line is, I fail. You watch an Olympic race and anytime a runner begins to look behind or look back, what happens? They usually trip and fall and eat it on their face, don't they? Like they're more worried about who's behind than what's ahead. Amen. And, and so Paul says, listen, if you want to, if you want to reach the finish, you gotta, you gotta reach forward and not worry about left, right, or behind. Amen. You gotta press on. Amen. So what are we going to do this morning? We're going to reach. I want to ask you in your heart, what are you reaching for today? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number one, man, you guys take so much more time. The first service <sighs> says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, the greatest grandstand of all mankind, Heaven is your grandstand. Think about that for a moment. How many of you guys ever wanted to perform in front of a stadium? I know I did as a young man. I wanted to be a professional athlete even though I stunk. Amen? But I I had this dream. Amen? Well, now as a believer, I got heaven cheering me on. He says, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What's an encumbrance in your life? Think about it. Paul says, lay aside. Have you guys noticed how a runner, I was going to actually get a running outfit and wear it today, but I thought many of you would probably not stick around long. To see me in a running outfit would be a little hideous, especially those new ones they wear that are just like a onesie, right? Like, <laughs> my wife loves me, but I don't even think she would like to see me in one of those. But isn't it amazing, a runner, they're constantly trying to make the clothing lighter, tighter, shorter, skinnier, shoes, I'm a shoe guy, sorry, they're always trying to shave like just anything they can off of the weight because they realize that that the more they can shave off, the easier it is to run or the faster, there's less weight or there's not as much of an encumbrance in their life. What's an encumbrance? I looked it up for you because I'm not big word guy. It says disadvantaged, a drawback, a weight, a load, a stress, a strain, pressure, trouble, or worry. Anybody got any encumbrances in their life this morning? Amen. But Paul says, look, we got to reach And we got to recognize that heaven's cheering us on, so let's lay aside every disadvantage. I mean, think about it. What are the excuses that we use for why we can't 
I'm not, I'm not using this to please hear my heart. We're, we, these are just the reasons why we can't serve. These are the reasons why we can't do more for God. These are the reasons why God can't use us because we feel disadvantaged. We feel a drawback. We feel this weight. Life is just too much. I just don't have time for God. We feel this load, this stress, this strain, this pressure, this trouble, this worry. Like, think about how these things affect our life. And here Paul is saying, listen, brothers and sisters. He goes, we've seen God do great things, and yet we're not done. So let's lay aside all of this stuff, and let's just continue to reach forward to what God has for our life. You know what? If you want an exodus in your life, if you want to see the the promise fulfilled, these are the keys that you got to have in your life. You got to forget, you got to reach number three, you have to engage. You have to engage. Paul says in Philippians 3.14, he says, I press towards the goal for the prize. I love the message Bible. He says, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. That's resolve in your heart. Amen. That, that I'm not going to stop. I'm not trying church. Amen. How many of you have hopefully um, not had any friends like this, but there's those people that have tried church. Right? They, they tried it. Okay? They tried Jesus. And it didn't give them that, that instant whatever they needed. It didn't, you know, maybe a year later it, uh, or five years. The, the one that, that gets me is the people that did it for 10, 15 years, and then they walk away. You know, I, I get the new, the new believer that they try it and they don't get it. And they, but Paul said, listen, here's the trick. You have to engage you got to settle in your heart that I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Amen? And, and I will guarantee that, that there is so much opportunity to turn and run, cut and run. I love Jesus, but I ain't doing the church. How many of you ever heard that? Hopefully none of you ever said it because you can't have Jesus and not the church. Find it in Scripture and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, we'll talk about it. But I have yet to find the Scripture where it says you can have Jesus and God and not the church. Amen? You, they, they go hand in hand. Amen. It's his bride. This is what God's coming back for is his body, his people, his church. Amen. And you can't love God and love Jesus and not love this. Amen. You got to love this or else you're in trouble. Amen. But with loving that comes the challenge of loving each other. And uh, I know we're all perfect and we don't ever have any problems with each other, but there's other churches that that stuff happens. Amen. And not here. But there's been people that have, have lost sight of the finish line. And they've lost sight of the goal, and they've allowed situations and circumstances in the moment, okay, they've allowed encumbrances to keep them from staying engaged in the process called life. Amen? So this morning, I would challenge you that pressing is resisting the temptation to quit. Okay, Paul says, I press towards the mark. Pressing is action. Amen. It's not God coming after me. It's me going after him. Amen. It's me putting in the work. It's me staying engaged in this process, man. If you let your guard down as a Christian, you are done for. How many of you noticed that? Like you kind of let up a little bit. I, I don't know how some of you never read your Bible. Like I'm just gonna be transparent. Like I need to read that thing every day. I need to spend time in worship every day. That song they sing, man, it's in my ears every day. Other songs are in my ears every day. Prayer is in my life every day because I will tell you that when I let up, 
man, it's ugly. Amen. And there's a pressure. There's a thing that comes against us. You got to stay on it. And that's why the Bible says that he gave us the armor. Ephesians chapter six and verse number 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You got to recognize that the devil has one mission and only one mission. He is trying to keep us from heaven period. Amen. He's not popping your tires. He's not draining your car battery at night. Just using silly little things that we say, the devil's getting me. I got a flat tire. I mean that in a, in a positive way. I've said it before. I'm guilty. Okay. I did it when I, okay. That's not the devil's goal is to keep you from spending eternity with God. And I'm going to tell you, he attacks you more with the people you're sitting next to. <laughs> Look to that person to your right and say, get behind me. Amen. Isn't it funny, though, how the devil works? He usually, usually uses the people that are closest to us, the people we love the most, to hurt us the most. Remember that ooey-gooey feeling with your spouse? Isn't it funny how it's also like sometimes the hardest relationship? Just going to be honest. If it wasn't, then we wouldn't ever get divorced. Right? If, if marriage was easy, if it was just gooey and gushy and awesome all the time, we wouldn't have over 50% of the people getting divorced. That was for somebody. See, the armor was to protect a soldier engaged in battle, not a soldier in retreat. Right? That's why he said, put it on every day. Because in order for you to reach the finish line, you got to stay engaged in the battle. <clears throat> How many of you guys have ever watched a marathon. Um, they told me in first service, the Boston one is like, what, like 26, 20.2. Like I would just go like, it's like 20 some miles. Like Bill knows 26.2. He's clearly a runner in hiding. <clears throat> and uh, he's a stealth runner. Amen. He wants to do a marathon. Cole, do it with you. You know, Cole, when I, Cole is an, he's, he's a special breed. I would, I would, he has always fascinated me because we're, we're the best of friends and he doesn't go to the gym. He hardly ever works out. And remember, like all of a sudden he just gets like a wild hair, like I'm going to compete in this triathlon next month. I got to start training. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, I got to go swim. I got to go run. I got to go bike. I'm like a triathlon and you don't even exercise. Huh? And he would just do it. Like he'd just wake up like, oh yeah, next week triathlon? No problem. Let's do it. <laughs> he'd ride his bicycle from Cameron Park to church on a Tuesday night just to get in shape. I'm like, man, you are amazing. But in those marathons, have you ever, I've, I've only seen like the little like clip at the end. I don't watch the marathon, but I've seen those, 
those tra- uh, tragedy clips, right? Where like the guy is running, right? And he's in the marathon. And I'm going to use the door as an example. The door is the finish line. And he crumbles like right here. You know what I mean? And it's like he just like melts, like like just turns into a noodle because they're just done. And, and I'm not a marathon runner, so please help me. Remember, I said I, I'm not a, a scholar in some of these things, but I, I'm, I think I got a good perception, is that I think that the marathon is more about the mind and not the body. I mean, that you got to be in shape, but, but there's also a, a weird thing that has to happen in your brain, right, where you have to turn off your feelings. This is for somebody, okay? You have to turn off what you feel. You got to turn off what you hear. You got to turn everything off, okay? And you just have to stay engaged until you cross the finish line. And a lot of times what happens is those guys, they see it, and then all of the sudden what happens is because they see it, they begin to think about what they're feeling, and they crumble. And in our Christian life, you have to be careful to not listen to your feelings. The finish line is right there. Eternity is right there. But those darn people, the things that, I mean, come on, we can fill in the blanks with all kinds of ways our feelings get irritated. And if you listen to most people that quit running the race, it's because they got offended. Let's just be honest. Most people walk away from God's plan and God's will because of their feelings got hurt. Nobody in here. Praise the Lord. So be careful. Put on the armor of God. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time worshiping. Number four, lastly. Oh, we're doing good. I made up some time. Experience. How many of you guys want the land that God's promised your life? Amen. How many of you want what Paul's talking about? I've, I've yet to attain it yet. But I'm going to forget. I'm going to reach. I'm going to press or engage. And number four, I'm going to experience. What are we going to experience? Paul said it. He goes, we're going to experience the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. The prize is for those that stay in the race until the end. Amen. I love Jesus, and, and I love what God's doing through me, but I'm not doing it for what he's doing here on earth in me. I'm doing it for what I get to have when I stand before him on judgment day. I want to hear him say, Sean, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Here, <clears throat> faith isn't so much about what we have in the moment. It's acting as if we have it before we ever have it. Amen? See, I live by faith not because of what I have, but because of what I'm going to have. So I act like it's here now, even though it's not here yet. Amen? I'm, I'm acting like eternity's here, even though it's not here yet, but I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight because I'm living for eternity. I'm not living for earth. Amen? And I believe that some of you are being encouraged today And I want you to hear this verse as the guys get ready back there. And Bill, you can run your way up here this morning. 
Are you done ordering those new tennis shoes? Can you? All right, come on up. Or you want to wait until the song? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, Bill. I'll just be up here all by myself. So what's the prize for our life? I think the greatest prize is eternity with God. Amen. God could do all kinds of great things for me in 2017, but what good is 2017 if I don't get to spend eternity with God one day? Amen. I, I believe God for greater things. I want to be used by God. I want to see God flow through me, and it's not a bird. It's just a fire detector. You guys are okay. It's just a battery. Amen. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 18 says it so well. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. What do you believe in God for this year? Man, I've seen some of the coolest stuff. I've seen God do amazing things in people's lives. I've seen bodies healed. I've seen demons cast out. I've seen people filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. I've seen God's blessing rain down. I've seen amazing things. I've been on a stage before people that don't speak a lick of English, and I've been able to share my testimony and see the gospel go throughout the world, and yet God's not done with me yet. Behold, I will do a new thing. Are you believing God for a new thing? He says, now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness. This is a word for somebody in this room today. Some of you have felt like you've been in a wilderness for far too long. He says, I will even put rivers in the desert. Some of you have felt like you've been in a dry place in your life. But can I tell you today that if you'll get a hold of these principles in your life, that God is going to begin to do a new thing in your life, that he is going to begin to take you from that wilderness and put you into the place that he's called you to be. He's going to begin to take you from that dry place and begin to allow the rivers of living water to flow through you like never before. And as I was praying and believing God for him to speak to you today, this song popped up. And um, can I have like five? I always try to be done by noon. But can I have till like 12.05 today? This song came up. It's a band that I, I love what they do. And um, I feel like it was such a prophetic song for me personally. But God never does anything just for me. Amen. It's something he wants to do for all of us. And as I began to listen to the words of this song and reading this passage of scripture and thinking about the challenge that Paul gave to the church, I began to say, God, this is my promise right now. I believe that many of you have walked through a wilderness you believe God for some things and you're like, God, why? Where, what is going on in my life? Some of you have even been in that dry place where you're like, I'm just going through the motions. I've seen God do things before, but it's been a long time. And I heard this song and I want you to hear it today.
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set it up like this. Joshua had begun to advance the children of Israel into the promised land. And you get to chapter 7 and, and they encounter this opposition. These people, I, I, I don't know how to say it other than AI. And, um, and they began to grumble and go, God, why have you forsaken us? I thought you promised us this land. I thought you promised us something and yet what's going on? And I, I think this verse, this pulpit keeps attacking me. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to hear this. In the midst of opposition, in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of the dry place, in the midst of not seeing the promise fulfilled in your life, Joshua was arguing with God. And the Lord answered him in verse 10. Joshua 7 and verse 10. You can read it for yourself. Stop lying on the ground. My daughter... She's hilarious. When she's upset, she throws herself on the ground. When she's not getting her way, God said, stop and get up. Church, it's time to lace up your shoes and get up because there's something new that God wants to birth through each and every one of us. Would you stand to your feet this morning and allow this song to speak to your heart? Turn off the, all the lights just so that thank you. Hear the word roaring as thunder with a new future to tell. For the dry season is over, there is a cloud beginning to swell. Skies heavy with blessing. Lift your eyes, offer your heart. Jesus Christ opened the heavens. Now we receive the Spirit of God. We receive. Every seed, every 
worship Him this morning. to come everything that you have spoken will come to pass receive that this morning just close your eyes I believe there is a cloud such a prophetic declaration I don't know if you guys ever have those encounters where you just go you can't make this up I don't think it's a coincidence that our area is being flooded 
right now. You know, in the Bible, the rain was a sign of God's promise. As I was listening to this song and praying and read that scripture, and then I heard Franklin Graham at the closing of the inauguration, his closing prayer, he was like, do you know that rain, and I'm listening to this song, mind you, sir, I'm not making this up, and I'm, and I'm listening and I'm, I'm receiving it from, I'm like, God, that is a promise for me today that the dry season is over, God, that there is something that is coming, God, that I am receiving it from you today. I, I, I want a new experience. I want new rivers to flow through my life. I want new things to be birthed through my life, God. I, I believe it and I receive it. And he goes, as I'm listening to that, he goes, did you know that rain is a sign of God's blessing? some of you this morning if you'll get a hold of this a new season is going to begin to unfold in your life God's going to give you a new vision he's going to give you a new passion because I believe in 2017 if you look at your notes God wants you to live free in Jesus name can you give God praise in the house of God this morning Father, I pray that you would do what only you could do. God, I, I am nobody special. In fact, God, I feel like I'm one of the most unqualified individuals to preach your word. And I'm okay with that. But I believe that it's not me, it's your Holy Spirit that speaks to us so God today I believe that free people stand in my midst and a new thing is being birthed through these people because we have not reached the finish line yet so God we give you praise and glory in Jesus name if you receive that today, would you give God a big praise in the house this morning? Amen.